are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Morena, New Zealand, good morning to you wherever you are. And uh, of course, uh, it's Super Bowl day. So it's a massive day in uh, America and for a lot of New Zealanders as well. There's an immense amount of interest in American football in this country, believe it or not. And so today, uh, beginning around midday, it's a very special uh, time, three or four hours of uh, absolute entertainment. Uh, But for a lot of people around New Zealand, we do understand that that's so low on the pecking order because of the weather that you're copping around the place and just trying to protect your homes and family. So uh, we respect that and we hope that um, you come through it um, all 100% good and proper. So uh, we've been copping a battering in this country. Uh, Let's hope it's going to stop at some point. But uh, today, thinking of you up north uh, and thinking of football fans around the country as well, our show on behalf of Brent, your local John Deere equipment supplier, of course. Uh, anything agricultural, get hold of the good people at uh, their Brandt outlets. Right, uh, we have uh, going to... Frankie Mackay is going to come in very shortly, actually. Uh, former White Fern, of course. What happened at the weekend? What happened at the weekend? I mean... I don't know. We'll talk about that shortly. Uh, Then we're going to look at uh, perhaps uh, the weekend wrap. So Australia against India, the breakers against uh, the jack jumpers, white ferns against Australia. Uh, We'll have a multi for you just before 10 o'clock. We're going to talk to Sterling Holmes. Now Sterling, what a great name that is, Sterling Holmes, uh, ESPN Kansas City, host of the home stretch. So uh, we'll be hearing from Sterling Holmes just after 10 o'clock. Uh, we'll have uh, a Cyclone Gabrielle update around 10.25. Uh, we'll head across to the sports desk uh, because uh, we've got uh, so much to look at in terms of what's happening today, what did happen over the weekend, and some real, uh, I think, a real American flavour to it today, and uh, why not today of all days. In between times, a little matter of a stump smithy for 150 bucks as well. So a pretty busy two hours before we head straight over at that point, 11 o'clock, to the Super Bowl, the build-up, and then the match itself. Sport is our religion, and here is Smithy's Sermon. Well, it's hard to assess whether the White Ferns have made any progress at all under new coach Ben Sawyer. Over the weekend, we got a stark reminder of the team that he left, Australia, and its daily dominance on the world stage. I'll say it again. I've been saying it since the Women's World Cup here last year, one of the most complete sports teams in any sport I've ever seen. Every base covered every single day. So I'm not going to completely bag the White Ferns because the Aussie ladies will pulverise every team they play when the money is up. But I will say, for all the experience and bid gate now, the selectors turned their back on in this country, they haven't taken a step forward yet in any department. We are top heavy. Lose Bates and Divine without a run between them. Well, that's unusual. But nowhere are we ever going to come back from that. Melly Kerr is world class. We have to find some batting depth. Out there somewhere, there has to be some good God. Imagine the gaping hole after Bates and Divine do go. It's a chasm. Green, Rowe, Jensen. Line that up against Perry, McGrath and Gardner. Not fair. It's simply not fair. And after all these times of uh, pay parity and a levelling out generally between the men's and women's game in this country, New Zealand cricket will be wanting some bang for their bucks and who can blame them? We questioned 12 months ago whether we would cash in on the aftermath of the World Cup boosting the sport in our country. Short answer, no. Well, not on the field anyway. And we talk of this on the very day when courtesy of Indian money, some of our ladies are going to cash in quite nicely, thank you. All of a sudden, individually, paying a different piper. 
team-wise, we just need to hear a different tune ourselves. Uh, the White Ferns got their campaign at the T20 World's Women's World Cup off to a uh, shaky start. Well, shaky is probably quite complimentary when they were dismissed for 76, chasing 173. It's always going to be a tough ask uh, starting against the best team in the world, but now they have to, swift, uh, have to swiftly turn their attention to their remaining pool matches. If they don't make the semi-finals, uh, there is a real problem there. It's an exciting time for women's cricket, not just because of the World Cup, but there's also the WPL auction taking place tonight. A career, potential career-changing moment for anyone involved. Uh, with us now is injured White Fern star Frankie Mackay, who's been applying her trade as a cricket commentator this summer. Doing a great job as well, I must say. Good morning, Frankie. Good morning, Smitty. How are you going? Oh, oh, damn fine. Absolutely damn fine. But I'm a little concerned because uh, of what I saw at the weekend. Have I, have I painted a gloomy picture? Um, have you got more hope than me? It is a bit of a gloomy picture to start off with a Monday, but that's okay. I think, you know, not all is lost. I think when you look at the, the pool that they're in, they've actually got the, the best pool that you could possibly get. Australia's going to walk through... We know that you'd like to put up a little bit more fight against them. No one likes getting blown off the park game one, but South Africa, they're in disarray. They've got rid of their captain because she's not fit enough, even though she's had you know, the best part of a year to get ready for this tournament at home. She's now joined the commentary team. They're, they're unhappy. They're, they've got off-field problems, so that's being pretty much reflected in the way they've played their cricket. And then you've got Sri Lanka and Bangladesh, and we blew Bangladesh off the park when we recently played them in the home series here. So if you look at teams you've got to beat to get through the semi-final stage, you'd think you'd beat the rest comfortably. And then, you know it, once you get to semi-final stage, you've just got to play well twice. You've got to have two good days of cricket, and then you could be going home lifting a World Cup. I made the point, Frankie, about losing um, Bates and Devine early, and Sophie Devine has had very cricket, a little cricket of late because um, of a foot issue. Uh, it's been just a little while, uh, I've got to say, at international level for Susie Bates. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit worried there. Should I be? Oh, I don't think, you know, does lightning strike twice? Maybe not. That's, that's a little bit of a rare occurrence to have, you know, your two best players walk back with a golden next to their name. So if it happens again in the next game, then, yeah, you're probably getting pretty close to pushing the panic button. But I think first up, it happens. I don't think, you know, as, as long as you play the game for, there's always a few... Nerves around game one, you get 170 put on the board and, and those two women would be thinking that they've got to probably go out and score at least 120 of them between them is, is probably how mm. they were feeling. So there's a little bit of concern. Yep, absolutely. You'd you'd love to start your tournament off with two of your big guns going out there and, and blazing it around everywhere and everyone else can kind of feed off that confidence. But I'd expect them to, to knock a few round in the next game and, and hopefully get themselves into a good position and then... When you finish with Bangladesh and Sri Lanka as your last two games of the pool, then it's fill, it's fill your boots time. And, and we've seen both of them do it. They've probably been accused of being uh, beating up on the minnows throughout their career. So, I mean, I'd expect to see it again. And then hopefully that means semi-finals time with two players with lots of runs and lots of confidence under their belt. I look at our batting lineup: up Hay at three, Hannah Rowe at six. Not something I expected to see. No, that's a little bit of a smoky, that selection, for sure. She's come off the back of a, 
of a very good Super Smash. She's been pretty dominant in the finisher role for the Central Hind side and, and probably, to be fair, the only bright bright spot in that Central season. So they've kind of plumped there that, that that's an option to give them some real power in that middle order. I think they're, they're really hoping with her coming in at six that you, you don't see her until the 14th, 15th over and then she's got the ability to just launch some over the ropes and She's actually a better batter than I think people give her credit for and, and people have probably seen in the past. But, yeah, it's a little bit of a, an interesting one. And, and especially if they're not going to use Divine as a bowling option because of that foot niggle, if they're not going to use Roe as a bowling option, then you've actually still got to pick five bowlers on your side and then get your other overs from Mealy Kerr as well. She's going to bowl four every game, but you just have to have options with the ball. So my one concern is they're not going to bowl Hannah Rowe. It means we're just carrying too much bowling. I think she has to contribute some overs, and then it means you can pick another batter alongside her, whether they come in at six or they slot in underneath her at number seven. I just think we're one short, and when you look at the way you've picked your squad of 15, when you think you've got Lauren Down, Georgia Plummer, and Brooke Halliday, all pure batters, and they're all sitting on the bench against one bowling reserve, just don't think they've quite got the mix right yet for their 11. I mean, that just to me, that just doesn't make sense. One, Lauren Down's got experience, and she's, you know, she's been a proven player. Georgia Plummer was the best player in the same conditions uh, for New Zealand at uh, under-19 level. Now, I, I just, I don't see that. I don't see them sitting there with, with bibs on, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, and I think especially with the, the Super Smash competition just completed here, you know, maybe I'm a little biased and I've got my eye patch on at the moment, but the two women who, who finished number one and two in the run-scoring charts here, they'd go very well in that New Zealand side. And, and Kate Anderson, I think she scored 536 runs, beat Susie Bates' long-standing record for most runs in the season, a couple of 90s, including 95 in the final. And, and then, look, we, we can't avoid, I guess, the elephant in the room. You start thinking, you know, what if we did have an Amy Satterthwaite there to bolster that batting? So... Yep, there's there's a bit of pressure on the girls that are that are over there. Maybe some a little fortunate to get on the plane, but I'm actually just hoping that I see them get on the park. Georgia Plummer, that was the first time she's dominated any competition at any age group in her career. So you almost think she's a little bit of the hot hand, and I would have loved to see her come in in that that number seven spot and see what she can do. Right. Okay. So uh, I, I paint a, a relatively gloomy picture on our side of it, but let, let's be honest: has there been in the history of women's cricket a better complete unit than this Australian side at the moment? No, simple answer, simple easy answer for you is is no. That's the that's the team in women's cricket that you know everyone looks at and probably deep down everyone wants to be part of. Everyone wants to know how they train, how they go about things, what systems they've got in place, how, how they do their training. It, it's the team everyone wants to beat. It's the team everyone wants to play like. You know, they just don't have a weak spot when you think of, I mean, Talia McGrath, I think she's the number one ranked T20 batter in the world. She's coming in at seven. And for the last uh, 12, 18 months, Elise Perry hasn't been able to even make their T20 side. She gets a, she gets another crack at it, it, comes in at four, I think, and she, she goes 40 off 20 balls. So the the wealth of resources they have is, is phenomenal. I mean, Amanda Wellington played here, looked a class above, couldn't get in the side. They've, they've gone for two other leg spinners, which is just an embarrassment of riches. I mean, the the two imports the Wellington Blaze had for the Super Smash and, and Charlie Knott and Laura Harris, I think everyone saw them play and said, wow, how can't they get in the Australian side? Mm. And it's purely mm. just because they're down the pecking order. There's better players. So, yeah, they're phenomenal. They, they've got quick bowlers. They've got the best spinners in the world. They've got batters coming out their ears. They've got experience. And, 
you know, I think it's it's a worrying sign as well. Meg Lanning's had some some time off to work out if cricket's what she really wants to still be doing and, and what life looks like after cricket for her. And she's come back with just this massive smile on her face, cracking jokes left, right and centre and just scoring more runs than ever. So, yeah, I think that they're well-rounded, they're well-resourced, they're, they know how to win, they've got a lot of experience doing it and they're the best team in the world by, by some margin. Uh, let's look at uh, South Africa because, as you say, they're not in a happy state, particularly when they're hosting this tournament. Uh, because of internal issues, and uh, I, I, I do have a, a, a little area for concern, though, because 12 months ago I saw the form of Laura Vorfart, uh, and I saw the impression on a match that Marasan Cup Cap can have. So uh, there is danger there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you can't ride any side off. That's uh, that's a surefire way to see yourself kicked out of a tournament. But. Yeah, when you look at, I think, probably their bowling lineup in, in particular, they are they're pretty classy, there's no doubt about it. They are, I would say, comfortably a better 50-over team than they are T20. I'm just not quite sure they've worked out exactly their plans and exactly their tempo to be really successful in that format. And I think Dano Van Neerkirk is, is a huge loss. Yes, for, for runs and wickets, but she's she is tactically on the ball. She is she's clever. She's a great leader, and and she gets the most out of that side. So, bowling lineups what you have to look out for. I think Shabna Mishmal, She's the she's the fastest bowler in, in mm. women's cricket, and she'll give you a tune up if you don't turn up on the ball on the day. Marzan Cup. She's I mean she's the best all rounder in in women's cricket. So again, same thing. Uh, Imlaba, left arm spinner. I think she's ranked number one, number two in the world at the moment. So she's one to watch out for. And then we saw when the ball swings, how, how dangerous Ayabonga Kaka can be as well. So when you're turning up and listing off four or five people in a bowling lineup that are that are world class, then yeah, you you got to be on the money. But it is it's going to be runs that'll be the tough thing for them. I think if you can find a way to put 140, 150 on the board against them, I, I just I don't think they've got the power and the nous to be able to chase it down. Laura Volvart, as as you said, she's class. But T20 cricket, it's a little bit still hit and miss for her. And and Chloe Tryon is is one that she'll come off, she'll hit your 50 off 20, but she'll do it one game in 10. So, yeah, I, I'd like to think we've got a little too much firepower for them, but yeah, can't can't write them off. That's for sure. For quite some time, we've been sort of clutching at straws. I think uh, hoping like heck that. Um you know, that uh, Amy Satterthwaite uh, might change her mind or they might change their mind on Amy Satterthwaite, but now we can uh, put that to bed because she has retired. What an impact she has had on women's cricket in this country. Oh, massive. And that just... I I don't think you can ever fully probably understand the impact that she's had on this game. And it's been over, heck, the best part of 20 years. So if that's someone who's come through when it's completely amateur... Uh, to that semi-professional stage, to having to... The first time New Zealand cricket contracts came in, you had to work for your association. So it wasn't as though they were strictly professional contracts. You're still working to get paid. But, yeah, and then has has just ushered it into the, the fully professional space now. So she's done that. She's she's coached. She's been a leader. She's captained. I mean, for Canterbury, she captained the first ever T20 competition back in 2007 where they won it, and then at the weekend she was able to to lift the trophy again with the captain's armband on once again. So she's just been, she has been huge. You know, she has been an absolute legend of the sport, and, and I've been so lucky to spend the majority of my career standing down the non-strike mm. event, leaning on my bat, watching her do her work, and honestly, that's mm. when people ask me what my favourite things of my cricket career have been. She features in all of them, and, and 
that just I think speaks to the person that she is as well. So yeah, she'll be really missed around the scenes. She'll definitely be missed in the dressing room. We sit right next to each other at Hagley Oval, so there'll be a big void uh, in that section. So yeah, it's it's a shame that it's come to an end. I think probably all good things have to, but gosh, there's there's no one who's served women's cricket better. So hopefully. She's got one-day cricket still coming up for Canary. Hopefully they get in the final mm. and then uh, she ends up going out with two titles because not everyone gets a fairy tale finish, Smithy, but she's one that absolutely deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I hope uh, New Zealand cricket pay her some sort of fitting tribute. I guess they will uh, at some point, but um, you know uh, they'll have cricket awards at the end of the season. I'm, I'm hoping that she'll uh, feature in the uh, quite heavily. So, uh, Amy Satterthwaite, thank you uh, for what you have achieved. And... Uh, for a lot of uh, our cricketers tonight, there'll be some nerves. Uh, some are guaranteed a big paycheck. Some will be sitting on the edge of their seats hoping for some sort of um, payment for what they're uh, putting in. But the women's IPL equivalent uh, the, is, is going to be massive tonight. And I won't say life-changing, but certainly it'll make a lot of people more comfortable. Oh, yeah, absolutely it will. And and I think it is going to be life-changing for some people involved. I think we've we've sat by and we're all fans of the men's game as well. We're all cricket fans and, and we've watched the way that the IPL has just changed the men's cricketing landscape over the last decade. So to think that that's now coming around and, and that's going to be an opportunity for women is... It's just it's going to be really cool. I think the teams now they've announced most of their coaching lineups, and you see some of the the names and experience that's been listed off there. And I think every player around the world would be would be lying if they told you they didn't want to be involved or they didn't care either way. So yeah, it's it's the chance not only to have a bit more money come in, which we won't hide about. You know, everyone wants more for for less. So the opportunity to go and and play for four or six weeks and get a good paycheck out of it will definitely ease some pressures, especially in, in some of the countries where they're still not compensated as, as well as, as your top teams. So that'll be that'll be huge for them. But it's just, just the experience, just the chance to go and you know have some Australians in your dressing room and pick their brains to, to play cricket in different conditions, to, to be in the dressing room with some of the best players in the world, I think is massive for any player at, at any stage of their career. And as we've seen with the men's IPL, there's always been a bolter. There's always been a little bit of a smoky. So I, I think there's a few girls that are fingers crossed and, and hoping that it's going to be them that get the chance to go over and, and experience it. So, yeah, there'll be some some people sitting down eagerly watching. I know the England girls have said they're a bit disappointed that they're actually playing cricket at the same time as the auction's on. So I think that just shows how much it means to everyone. And, yeah, it's a little bit... Can't, can't wait to see who gets picked up and, and probably can't wait to see who gets picked up for what as well. Yeah, that'll be the interesting thing, just how big they go. Some of those reserves are around the 97,000, I think, for the top-line players. So uh, they'll be guaranteed uh, much, much more than that. I was actually talking to uh, Alyssa Healy. I did some a little bit of commentary work with her, and I've got to say, that was uh, when we talked about that, Frankie, that was her biggest smile of the day because I think she might cash in. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all with that one, to be fair. She'll uh, she'll be one of the top top picks, I would have guessed. And and look, I think some of our Kiwi girls might as well. I'd be surprised if Sophie Devine doesn't doesn't end up with a big payday. I think you've got to look pretty closely at Amelia Kerr being one of your marquee players as well. And that's scary to think she's only 22. So yeah, I, I definitely think there's there's just that real air of excitement around it. We it feels like we've watched from afar for so long. And and maybe Alyssa Healy 
even slightly more so because, of course, it has been Mitchell Stark. He's been involved. He's been playing over there. She's she's been part of it. She's she's watched it from right up close. So you see the change that it has on those players and and the impact it's had on the men's game. And you just that's all you want is you just want to have a crack. You just want to play more cricket. You want to be experiencing the the same things as your male counterparts talk about. We've all heard the stories, you know, we saw Baz go out and blitz it in the gold helmet for 158 or whatever he scored. Yeah, those are the moments that everyone wants to be part of. So, yeah, I, I can imagine she'd have a pretty big smile on her face. And if I'm honest, I think she'll have a pretty big check to go on with at the end of it too. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Frankie, always great to catch up with you and uh, get your thoughts on what's happening, particularly in women's cricket. But, yeah, fingers crossed uh, for the next game against uh, South Africa. Uh, lose that, and I think we're in a spot of bother. Frankie Mackay, as always, great to talk. Thank you. Yeah, love it, Smithy. Same to you. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, cheers. Same to you. Uh, 9.23 here on SENZ. SENZ, it's Kiwi for Sport. Keep up to date on Twitter and Instagram at SENZ underscore radio. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Smithy's Cricket Update, thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand. Yeah, great wins over the weekend for the Northern Brave, of course, uh, taking out uh, the men's Super Smash title. Um, uh, congratulations to uh, that province. Uh, and also to uh, the Canterbury Magicians, who scored uh, 145 for nine on the back of Kate Anderson, scoring 92. Fantastic uh, innings for Kate. Um, and uh, they were able to prevent uh, the Wellington Blaze uh, running that down, 133 off their uh, 20 overs. The Blaze gave it a good effort. Um, but uh, they weren't able to cap off what's been a quite remarkable season for them. So uh, we spoke to Lance Dry, their coach, the other day. He was hopeful, but uh, a bit guarded about their chances. Um, and uh, also, uh, I think he was uh, fair in that. Also overnight uh, in the Women's T20 World Cup, and that is the major focus uh, for us in cricket at the moment. Uh, just looking in our group, uh, Bangladesh uh, played Sri Lanka, which is in, uh, quite an important game because Sri Lanka, having knocked over South Africa, um, well, they're now two, two from two because uh, they've beaten Bangladesh um, earlier this morning, 129 for three, uh, chasing 126 for eight. So they did that quite comfortably, Sri Lanka. They will grow in confidence. Look out, and they've got some handy spinners. They are the kind of team that could upset us if we weren't uh, playing our A game. So it's all important now. Uh, and on the other side of things, uh, India played uh, Pakistan, um, and that was uh, quite a thrilling game. Pakistan 149 for four. India running it down uh, with uh, one over to spare, 151 for three. So in the end, it looks comfortable, uh, but they won by seven wickets. And uh, that is our uh, cricketing update, courtesy of Razine. The major focus, uh, aside from uh, India playing uh, Australia and uh, knocking them over so very, very comfortably, very, very comfortably um, in the first test at Nagpur, it has uh, caused a few ructions in the Australian camp and in the media as well, particularly when they see signs of players in the dugout with smiles all over their faces and they are getting a pounding out in the middle. So that didn't go down too well. Uh, so look out, uh, that test match. Can Australia rebound? It will depend very much on the playing surface. And just by the by, is that the end of David Warner's test career? We shall see. 9.31. Plenty to talk about here on the Razine Cricket Moment.
9.33 here on SENZ and uh, Kevin from uh, Titarangi has uh, called in. Uh, Kev, uh, good morning to you. First of all, how are you faring out there? Yeah, good, Smithy. It's, it's not as bad as what um, was predicted, but that, that's, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. It's just persistent rain, but not, not heavy downfalls, which, which was becoming quite scary. Yeah, obviously it's been uh, pretty poor sort of uh, last two or three weeks for a uh, few people up there, so our thoughts go out to you. But uh, at least we are able to uh, sit inside in the dry and watch a, a bit of sport over the weekend and um, a, a bit of uh, cricket to look at, um, particularly uh, in India and uh, South Africa. What's on your mind? Well, just the other day, as we discussed, and um, I brought up the point, or you brought up the point that you know six wickets were uh, bowled in um, LBW in the Aussie first innings. Now, in the second innings, it was the same sort of scenario, but seven went to Ashwin. And so, looking at that, I don't think they've learnt a lot. No, I don't think they've learnt a lot at all. No, I I don't think so either. I mean, uh, the interesting thing for me was uh, they didn't want to play Travis Head because he has um, a poor record against spin. But uh, since the last time he was tested against spin, he's become an entirely different batsman, an entirely different cricketer with a great record. Um, and yeah, I, yeah. To, to say that both Matt Renshaw and uh, Hanscom, Ben Hanscom, are better players uh, than Travis Head is at the moment absolutely staggers me. And I think it staggered half, the, half to three quarters of Australia's media as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and and they, they, they just haven't adapted. There's a guy called Matthew Hayden that you might remember. This. He went over there years ago and he <laughs> trained virtually up the back on a dust bowl. Um, and, he, and he practiced and practiced and practiced, and when he got over there, he was used to the moving, uh, spinning ball. Oh, look, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely 100% sure that, um, um, that they're in trouble. There's no doubt about that. And that's all of a sudden that's come around, Kevin, from a side that I left in Australia when I was watching them, thinking they were damn near impregnable, and uh, they were yeah. such a happy, uh, uh, organised sort of a bunch. But now, just uh, 10, 12 days later, you're looking at uh, a side that may no longer have David Warner in it. Um, you're looking at a middle order that didn't look anything like the successful one in Australia. Um, and you've got a captain saying that, oh, I don't think too much will change, with a smile on his face. Goodness me. Oh, yeah, I couldn't understand that because where they're coming from, they're virtually batting on roads and they're going to um, like an east-west bowling type thing and they can't adapt to it. They don't know, they don't mm. know how to play it. Yeah, um, interesting. Well, the other thing coming up, of course, this week, weather permitting, and let's hope it does, um, we take on England um, at, at the Bay Oval, day-night uh, test match with uh, a pink ball starting on Thursday. Uh, what are you thinking about that? Oh, I don't, I don't, you know, I think the New Zealand uh, test team's a pretty good side, but so, so is England, so it's going to be a good series. Um, New Zealand just never, never give up, and... Uh, We've got some good cricketers there, and the standout is Conway. That, that guy can bat. He's got shots all around the ground. And I've met him down at Suburbs Zealand Cricket Club. That's my club up here. And you couldn't meet a nicer guy. You had to get out of him who he was, you know, and he was just a really nice guy, Smithy. Yeah. You know, and a good player, well, t- great player. Yeah, he is. I mean, he, you know, we've had to wait for Devin Conway. We heard all these rumours about just how darn good he was. Well, that's been well and truly confirmed over a short space of time. A little bit worried about uh, the women's side of it, though, Kev. That's a hiding from Australia, and, uh, you know, once you lose Bates and Devine, there seems no way back. Australia can recover from early setbacks. We can't. You have a, you have a look at the bowling, Smithy. Um, our, our four opening bowlers went for nine plus. Theirs went for two, two to three. 
Um, you don't mm. win nine plus um, with a bowling attack like that. And the other thing that you probably noticed too, is, which is a concern, our, our batsmen play across the line on full length balls. Well, you're not going to hit it far, or you're going to get LBW bowls. So you've got three three opt- you know three ways of getting out there, or two ways of getting out, and you're not going to hit the ball far. Mm. Yeah, look, I, um, the, I'm, I'm, I worry that we haven't, we're not making progress. I mean, I, I've got great respect for uh, Ben Sawyer with his involvement with New Ze- uh, with Australian cricket, but um, he had a lot more things to fall back on over there than he has here. Um, and in the 12 months since he's taken over, that's a bit concerning, I've got to say. It has to be, and, and it has to be viewed that way as well. In days gone by, uh, we were guilty of not paying um, the women's cricket team enough attention and um you know and and not giving them due respect etc uh well now of course um you know we do pay them a lot more attention uh and that's why we analyze their performances just a little bit more closely than perhaps we have in the past and at the moment those performances for mine are substandard well exactly right and they don't play in the b you play in the b you've got two players down there mid off and mid on if you've got a short ball, then you wake it to the boundary, but you don't go hitting a short, uh, fully pitched ball trying to hit it square because that does not work. You have no power, no. and like I said, you're going to be bowled or LBW. Yeah, absolutely right, Kevin. Hey, thanks very much for your observations there. Um, absolutely, I'd love to be 100%. Your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, My lunch I'll, I'll pretty boring compared to yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all about it's all about the Super Bowl. It's all about the Super Bowl, Kev. It's my one afternoon a year. That's what I tell my wife anyway. It's my one afternoon a year. Please, please, can I just have this one afternoon a year? Ah, uh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Okay. Um, and, but I'm not alone. There's a lot of people around the country are going to be perched up as well. Uh, and hopefully uh, for the football fans in uh, Auckland, yourself included, Kevin, um, that you can have uh, a decent dry day uh, watching it and take your mind off what's going on outside the window. Uh, it is 9.39 here. Uh, Logan, we've got um, a couple of things to, to look at here. What, what would you like to look at first? I mean, we've talked. Uh, what about the breakers? That, that's a good performance, wasn't it? Yeah, actually, first, before we get to the breakers, Smithy, uh, for anyone that might have missed the end of uh, in Kempi for breakfast, What's on the menu uh, at the Smithy household for Super Bowl? No, not at the house. Not at the house. Oh, no. Oh, no. I wouldn't bring my, those rabscallion friends into my house. So um, we will be going down to the local establishment. and um, uh, It'll be great uh, because we've pre-ordered, you know, those American hot dogs. You've had a million of them. Uh, I would be thinking, Logan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, well, well uh, no, not a million, maybe a hundred thousand. Um, and you'll, they'll have, you know, the buns, the fresh buns with the, the um, with with the sauce in the middle, the old hot dog in the middle, and then you've got your your choice of your onions and your mustards and your ketchups and those sorts of things. So that's on the menu. Uh, but we got you've got to have chicken wings, don't you? You've got to have chicken wings Absolutely. on Super Bowl day. Must have chicken wings. Um, and then we've got uh, jalapeno poppers. Little jalapeno poppers to add a little bit of flavour and a bit of spice. Uh, you've got to have fries, don't you? Uh, I mean, is there an American sporting event where you don't have fries? And you've got to have bud available, don't you? You've got to have some bud available. So uh, that's probably what we're looking at. Oh, that does sound like a very good afternoon. Uh, I'll be going for something similar. Coincidentally, I think TAB are doing a little uh, thing, Smithy, and Paul Mawadi might bring it up a bit later on as well. They're giving away free free wings uh, $15 vouchers for free wings to get delivered to you so just go to wingbig.co.nz for that but yeah the breakers 
Oh man, 20 point win, 88 68 at Spark Arena against Tasmania Jack Jumpers, against a team coached by Scott Rothsmithy. Uh, I know they're a team you sort of keep an eye on in the ANBL. That was quite impressive. Well, uh, I, I keep an eye on them because I thought their achievement last year, the Jack Jumpers, was quite phenomenal in your debut season to actually make the, the grand final. That, that's something special. Absolutely special, Logan. So I was always keen to see if they could back it up by at least making the playoffs. They snuck in. I think it's fair to say mm-hmm. they they snuck in. They hadn't didn't have the season they had last year, and that was so I think predictable, but still a great achievement. Yeah. Meanwhile, the breakers they really spread the points out uh, across the board last night, which would have pleased Modi Mayor. I'm sure he doesn't really give it away in uh, press conferences though, does he? Uh, Derek Pardon, he had 15 points. Will McDowell White, the Aussie point guard, 13. Ryan Rupier, he's been amazing since uh, coming back from injury, 10 points as well. So there's a lot of eyes on him. Uh, Barry Brown Jr. coming off the bench with another solid 11. Um, this this was the impressions from Modi post-match. Score sheet means nothing. Um, we look at film, we analyze what's important. We improve what we can improve, we recover, we come back to be ourselves and compete in a gym that last time we were there we lost badly. In the first practice of the season, I told the guys, circumstances in the NBL are always going to be against us. The team that wins or rises to the occasion is the one that overcomes the circumstances. It's not the one that gets the smooth ride. God knows there hasn't been a smooth ride until now, and it's not a smooth ride now either. So our guys finally earned a day off in New Zealand. They're not going to get it now. So we leave at 3 a.m. to the airport, and we have two and a half days to prepare in Tasmania. We don't feel sorry for ourselves. We feel grateful for the opportunity. We go do the work. 3 a.m., Smithy, just to make sure they get out before Cyclone Gabriel uh, closed everything down at the airport. Now, look, I, I've been a, I, everyone knows I, I've been a, a sportsman, and you get sick to death of the travel. You do, I promise you, you get sick to death of the travel. You get relatively good flight conditions, etc. but still, uh, you get sick of it. Um, and uh, you get sick of the early morning wake-ups. You get sick of the, you know, those wake-up calls at uh, 6.30, 7 in the morning because you've got to be on the bus at 8 o'clock or 8.30 or whatever. What about these dudes? They're going to get up or be on a, uh, out there at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, and this is on the back, of course, I suppose they're used to it now, on the back of a couple of COVID years of all the sacrifices they made there. So I suppose a, a three o'clock get up for them is just a, a blink of the eye. But I, I do feel for them. I seriously do. I would imagine they probably didn't even go to sleep. <laughs> they probably just no. stayed up, um, you know, packed their bags, said bye to their families and off they went to the airport. He talked about the last time they played the Jack Jumpers on the road and what that looked like. That was back on Boxing Day when they lost 93-82. That was when the Breakers were sort of being hit by a bit of a, a wave of COVID going through the ranks. Uh, they're full strength now, so I would imagine you're going to get a much better showing them, showing from them out of this time. Of course, Smithy, another big thing, one that Brian was uh, excited about, was USC 284 over the weekend. Well, yeah, well, that, uh, that was interesting as well. That was quite a good fight, wasn't it? Uh, I, I was reading the reviews about it. I didn't actually wasn't able to watch it uh, live as such, but uh, that that, uh, that was uh, I, I think Volkanovski came back in the third. Uh, is it fair to say he um, uh, is the f- in the fifth? In fact, he had a late charge in the last round, didn't he, Brian? But couldn't close the gap. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much exactly what happened. Um, I had him taking the second and the fifth. Uh, he mm-hmm. acquitted himself way better than anyone apart from himself expected, and probably his coaches. His coaches probably expected him to win as well. Um, but Islam wasn't convincing. Now he wants to be pound for pound because Volk was pound for pound best fighter. I think Volk probably still holds that title because of the win, and that we may see a rematch in the near future. Volk will go back to one fifty-five, and we'll try for that belt again at some stage. Okay, Brian, thanks for that. We'll keep an eye on that, uh, what's coming up there. And, of course, as always, New Zealand is not too far from the fray there as well. We're going to take a short break. But on the way to that break, here's a conspiracy, a conspiracy uh, theory from Sean coming in. Uh, Logan, you might be able to answer this. Can someone get to the bottom of why the breakers didn't take the shot to bring up 90 points for free junior whoppers for the crowd? They got the ball back with 10 seconds to go. What was going on, Logan? Uh, I have no answer for that. And are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Smithy's multi. Know when to walk away. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Rightio, uh, Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Philly Eagles today. Uh, Got to throw Super Bowl in the mix somehow, and that betting's just starting to even up a wee bit. The Eagles were slight favourites. Uh, the Chiefs now are a buck ninety to beat the Eagles. Uh, New Zealand to beat um, South Africa and the women's cricket. It's a must win, I think. Uh, looking at the draw from here on in, a dollar fifty two. And uh, in the ATP tennis uh, later today, Sebastian Baez to beat uh, Frederico Correa at uh, $1.55. So you multi those three up, the Chiefs into uh, the White Ferns into Baez, and you get $4.47. We have uh, got uh, some PGA golf going on. In fact, it's a tournament. It's got to be on the bucket list, isn't it, in terms of atmosphere at golf. Uh, the uh, the tournament there at the Phoenix Open being played at the, the TPC Sawgrass. And at the moment, uh, Scotty Scheffler is 16 under. He shares the lead with Canadian Nick Taylor at 16 under. They both completed 10 holes. John Rahm uh, was right up there with him, is wavering a wee bit now. Uh, he's got about a 20-foot putt to save power. Otherwise, he'll fall four behind them. Uh, and that, I think, will take him out of the race. It's a hell of a leaderboard. It really is. Spieth's on there. Thomas is on there. Fowler's on there. Jason Day's on there. And it's one of those leaderboards that says, uh, to hell with you, Liv Golf. To hell with you. It is 9.52. Izzy's bomb squad and Kempi coming off the back fence. The Breakfast Boys never fail to bring you a knockout show. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast weekday mornings from 6am on SENZ. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yeah, it's coming up to 9.58 here on SENZ, and Sean is uh, listening to the show quite clearly. There's a ter- that, it's a terrible answer for you, Logan. You've left yourself open to being the ringleader of No Whopper Gate. What's your answer to that? <laughs> All right, so I've, I've had a little bit more time to think about this, uh, Sean and Smithy. When you think about it, the breakers were up by 20 points, 10 seconds ago. They've got the ball... 
I don't think they're thinking about scoring that extra two points just so that the crowd can get those free junior whoppers. They're going to be thinking about that game in that last 10 seconds. Who's to say an injury could happen and it could potentially falter or derail their uh, their finals campaign? I mean, it was a really hard-fought match there with the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Uh, awesome to see Jared Weeks, Agent 97, coming back to his old stomping ground and really taking it to the breakers. But I would not be risking injury just so the crowd can get some free whoppers. And I'm a guy who likes free food. Let's get that clear. <laughs> Uh, when, when I was living in Toronto and the Raptors would give away uh, free pizza if they scored 100 points and one, I'm all about that. But yeah, not in this moment, not when the finals are on the line. Oh, interesting. Very conservative approach. Very conservative approach. So uh, I'm not quite sure that that, um, that uh, kind of long-winded answer is going to satisfy either myself or Sean, to be fair. Long-suffering fans hardly had opportunities to watch them play on their home court. Now they're heading off overseas again. What's better way? What better way to farewell the crowd with with a, a whopper? With with a whopper? I can't think of too many better ways to do that. Uh, I've got a question in from Marshy from Hawks Bay. Hey, Smithy, um, <clears throat> is the Black Cabs test cricket back on TV and said now? I don't think so. Uh, I've got to be uh, honest with you, Sean. I'm not 100% sure. My understanding is it's still on Spark. Um, and then TVNZ take it over, particularly in terms of the test cricket, I'm not sure. If it was one-day cricket, it would be a chance it was on TVNZ, but I don't see it, particularly through the hours they're going to play through the news, etc. Uh, I'm not quite sure that's um, a TVNZ thing. So uh, my answer, my short answer, Marshy, no. No, it won't be. Um, so there you go. Uh, we're back with Super Bowl after 10 o'clock. Why not? It's the biggest day of the year. Biggest day on the planet. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Well, today is the day. Some say the greatest day in all of sport. It's Super Bowl 57 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, two of the most exciting teams all season long meet in Arizona for a shot to become NFL champions. Uh, we here at SENZ will have live coverage from 11 o'clock, so in around 58 minutes' time, we'll be crossing to Ben Graham and Jared Waitley. Uh, both sides come into the big dance with a 14-3 record and feature two of the most exciting quarterbacks in the game. But there's much more to both the Chiefs and the Eagles, and uh, that um, is uh, very, very apparent. The reason why they're the best all-round teams going into uh, today's grand final. Joining us now is uh, Ian ESPN Z. Sorry, ESPN ESPN. Kansas City is Stealing Homes. Stealing Homes is the host to of Home Stretch. I just incorporated a bit of New Zealand into ESPN there, Sterling. That was quite clever of me. Uh, good morning to you on the biggest day of uh, of the year in American sport. Hey, I'm doing very, very well over here. Very, very excited. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, hey, all right, let's uh, look at uh, on your Twitter already, Sterling. You have uh, made the call that the final score will be 31-30 to the Chiefs. Uh, that is a, uh, it's indicating a thriller. Why are you expecting such a close call, man? Well, both teams are obviously the best in the NFL. The Chiefs, the best team in the AFC. Eagles, all season long, the best team in the NFC. Both teams have their strengths where other teams have their weakness. The Eagles like to run the football. The Chiefs, where can you beat them? On the ground. Kansas City, where can they beat the Eagles? Through the air. You look at some of the analytical numbers 
the Eagles have not faced a quarterback all season long of Patrick Mahomes caliber. I think they can torch this Eagles defense through the air. Uh, I'm expecting a nail biter. So when you say um, a, a quarterback of uh, Patrick Mahomes caliber, what are we talking about here? Uh, a, a quarterback as mobile or a quarterback is just as clever and as ingenious as Mahomes is? Just as clever and genius. We obviously know Mahomes in his ankle. He's not going to be 100% being able to run the ball, but that's not what he does best anyways. His arm, it's out of this world. So accurate, so strong. Uh, he's the MVP this year for a reason. He just does things that no other quarterback can do. He finds guys, his connection with Travis Kelsey, the tight end, is Unlike any other connection in the NFL, uh, the Eagles linebacking core is probably their weakness defensively. So I expect Mahomes to hit Travis Kelsey over the middle a lot throughout this game. Tactically speaking, uh, then who has the edge, do you believe, between the Chiefs uh, head coach, Andy Reid, very experienced man, very cool, calm customer, and the bloke that he once fired, Eagles head coach, <laughs> Nick Siliani? Yeah, it's it's obviously a fun storyline. You know, the Eagles fired Andy Reid. Then Andy Reid comes to Kansas City. What does he do? Immediately fires Nick Sirianni. Um, I like Andy Reid in this one. Obviously, he's been here multiple times now. He, he's a long-tenured head coach. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. I've really enjoyed what Nick Sirianni has done this season for the Eagles. But it's so early on. You have to give the edge to the guy who's been there, who's done this before. And again, while Sirianni was fired by Andy Reid... The Eagles fired Andy. So I think Andy has a little bit of uh, something to say as well. Uh, the Eagles have made an interesting move by hiring former Denver Broncos head coach Vic Fangio heading into the Super Bowl. He's at a history against the Chiefs, but the stats would suggest it's not a good history because <laughs> it's not that good a record. <laughs> yeah, I'll say uh, if, if you are an Eagles fan, you should be saying no, 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 because Vic Fangio was not good at going up against Kansas City. Uh, I believe off the top of what I've looked at, the mo or the fewest points he gave up was 22. Not very good. The Eagles defense has been good all season long. Hopefully they don't listen to Vic Fangio. Okay, so you mentioned before about the injury that Patrick Mahomes has been carrying. Surely with another fortnight, of course, we've had Pro Bowl in between. Uh, it must have improved. Yeah, it'll be better. He won't be 100%. It's a high ankle sprain. A lot of times that lasts, you know, six to eight weeks. We're talking about, what, three weeks total from the initial injury. He's not going to be 100%, but again, he's not a quarterback who uses his legs. He does to extend plays, but he does not take off and run like his counterpart on the other side, Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts and his shoulder, in my mind, might be a bigger issue than Patrick Mahomes and his ankle. Okay, they've got no uh, Tyreek Hill, so if they have a running game as such, it's a big danger for the Chiefs. Yeah, no Tyreek Hill, obviously. He, he's now in Miami, but the, the Chiefs can run the football. The Eagles obviously can run the football. The Eagles were fifth in the NFL in rushing yards this season. They were first in touchdowns on the ground. The Eagles were with 32. But both teams averaged 4.7 yards per carry. If Kansas City decides to run the football, they should find success there. That's been where teams had taken advantage of the Eagles this season. But knowing Andrew Reid, that's not what he's about. When you have the best quarterback in the NFL, you have the number one passing attack. While it might make sense on paper to run the ball, they're going to throw the rock with Patrick and Andy at the helm. 
One of the things that's going to be a huge factor is whether the Eagles can get to Mahomes. If they can, I mean, their record has been outstanding. 15 more sacks in the regular season than other sides. Eight more in the playoffs over the Giants and the 49ers. Can they neutralise that, um, the Chiefs? Oh, man, that's the that's the million-dollar question right there. They have four, the Eagles, defensive linemen with 10-plus sacks, which is just absurd. They are led by Hassan Reddick. We saw him take over the game multiple times this season as well as in the playoffs. I think the Chiefs' offensive line has been slightly underrated at times. The interior of Kansas City, uh, Trey Smith, Joe Tooney, and Creed Humphrey have been incredible, but the tackles is where they've had some issues as the season's gone on. But if you look in the playoffs and maybe even since the injury to Mahomes' ankle. Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown Jr. have really stepped up. Um, this is the matchup to watch in my eyes. Uh, I'll get on to the, the, the brothers that are playing against each other, Travis and Jason Kelsey, very shortly um, if I can. But uh, the fact of the matter is if uh, the Chiefs get up, it will be likely because uh, the combination between Mahomes and Travis Kelsey has been effective. Yeah, that's 100% correct. I think that is the matchup, or it should, I didn't say matchup to watch, but the connection offensively for Kansas City to to monitor because Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. He's the same age as future Hall of Famer Rob Gronkowski, but Kelsey seemingly is getting better and better each and every season. He is Mahomes' safety blanket. When plays break down, who does he look to? That is Travis Kelsey. So when we see pressure on Mahomes, look for Travis Kelsey to be the guy that steps up and gets open. It's, uh, it, all great sporting events uh, have a bit of romance about them. If you dig deep enough, you'll find something. But very much to the fore has been the story of the brothers this week, of course. <laughs> Travis for the Chiefs, Jason uh, for the Eagles. Uh, it's been big, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been just an incredible story. They're getting their mom, their dad involved. Uh, there was that whole story where they're trying to get the mom, Mrs. Kelsey, to flip the coin, the coin flip before the game. Uh, there's everything about this is it's wild. I mean, imagine growing up with your brother or a family member, your cousin, if, even if you don't have a sibling, and imagine you going to the NFL, and then on the biggest stage, you're playing against them. And not only that, you're two of the major factors in this game. We're not talking about two guys who don't play. We're talking about the X factor offensively outside of Mahomes for the Chiefs, and then one of the two best centers in the NFL in Jason Kelsey. It's an amazing mm. storyline. It is an amazing storyline. Uh, we haven't really touched too much on the key components for the Philadelphia Eagles on offense, of course, and that is all about Jalen Hurts, who has uh, been phenomenal this year, uh, passing and running, fully fit. He's very mobile, constant threat here for the defense of the Chiefs. Yeah, and this is where he really is is the game changer for the Eagles because he is so mobile. He sometimes holds onto the ball too long, Jalen Hurts, and he can get sacked because he's trying to make a play. But also when he does that, if you don't get him, he will make a play. I'm intrigued to see if Kansas City tries to put a QB spy on him with Willie Gay Jr. or potentially Brian Cook. But Jalen Hurts had an MVP caliber season up until his injury. That injury, again, it, it worries me with his shoulder. Uh, they haven't had to use him. They haven't had to have him throw the ball a ton. But what happens when he has to hit a deep ball? What happens if the Eagles fall behind? Can he still make those throws? Uh, if it comes down to special teams, both kicking and punting, does Kansas City have the edge there with uh, Butker and Townsend? 
Uh, I would like to think so. Tommy Townsend was an all-pro punter this season. Harrison Butker uh, was hurt for a good chunk, especially early on. He never seemed right until the very end of the year. And then we've seen Harrison Butker in the playoffs, and he's been absolutely nails, just incredible. Uh, I would probably give the Chiefs the edge, uh, just a slight edge here, because they have had some struggles this season. But it, it seems like the past few games, if that's any indication, I like Kansas City and their special teams. When it comes to the crunch, and you are forecasting that with a one-point scoreline, and uh, I hope you're right. I mean, I, I, I hope to see an absolute thriller out of this. Um, I, I just wonder who's going to hold their nerve better. I mean, Andy Andy Reid has been to this uh, rodeo uh, before. He has um, he's got this. Uh, if you look from outward, sometimes you look uh, as if you have to push him to see if he's still breathing. Uh, he's that calm about <laughs> most things. But but the other guy is a whole new territory for Suriani with this responsibility. Yeah, and that's a very good question because the knock against Andy Reid throughout his career has been the timeout and some of the situational uh, calls he's made, especially late in games. Like we saw the year prior, the Chiefs were running the ball very effectively against Cincinnati. And what did they do in the second half? They just stopped. And sometimes you see Andy Reid with poor clock management. That has been the knock against him. But again, he's been there before. He's been there multiple times. Obviously, the offensive mastermind that he is throughout the game, you expect him to get it done. But Nick Sirianni, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. You don't know that you're supposed to not win this game. You don't know that you're going up against a future Hall of Famer. You've gotten this far. Um, I have just immense respect for what Nick Sirianni has done. The rumor mill is flowing for who might uh, make a guest appearance alongside Rihanna during the halftime show. I'm sure you're immensely interested in that. So what's your prediction there? Oh, man, I have no idea. Oh, oh, give me... um, Give me Jay-Z. I'll say Jay-Z makes an appearance. Okay, Jay-Z makes an appearance alongside uh, Rihanna. <laughs> hey, uh, so where are you going to be watching it? Uh, I'm watching at my house, so I, I got I got work to do for this. So as much fun as it is watching the game, I love the Chiefs being here. I got to do a pregame show. I got to do a halftime show. I got to do a postgame show. Um, busy man. So I'll be, I'll be working during this one. So I'll have my, my man cave set up got my my podcast and, and and radio spot set up and i'll have the beers flowing what about you well look i'm going to a function um this is uh there's eight of us have put uh, some money in um we've taken a, a two teams right from the start of the competition and two teams and uh, at the end uh two guys are facing off against each other with a little bit of a jackpot but we've got some uh we've got some entertainment and some uh, of course we've got some refreshment as well so um we're looking to make that a real tradition and that's that's uh, i mean we won't be the only ones there'll be a lot of people in new zealand with their with their eyes on this massive event uh what's your go-to snack i need to know what's your go-to snack Oh man, normally barbecue. Not not necessarily a snack, but for for football games, I'll go barbecue. Uh, as far as snacks go, man, give me barbecue chips. Barbecue chips would be my go-to. Barbecue chips? How do you do those? So it's the barbecue seasoning that you put on chips. It's uh, really popular, especially here in Kansas City, which we like to dub the barbecue capital of the world. Um, Barbecue chips, you have this lovely seasoning, and it tastes like you're eating um, kind of like barbecue potatoes. It's very, very good. And, I mean, 
your beer. Uh, we're not uh, yeah. we're not uh, too proud. We're not too proud for you to say your favorite beer on the show. Oh, Casey Beer Co. Baby, I'm a big Kansas City Beer Co. guy. Um, all types. I love German style beers uh, specifically. Uh, I do like a good lager from now uh, from now and then. And actually, we just brewed our own beer. This podcast I work with called Arrowhead. Uh, um, Arrowhead Addict, and our beer is called called Arrow Red Lager. And let me tell you, that is delicious. That sounds delicious. It sounds uh, it sounds very very uh, delicious. Uh, for for those uh, un- uninitiated listening here at home in New Zealand, just give them an idea of the cost of the advertising uh, around the advertisements, which we will see quite a lot of in the coverage, of course. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it, it is just absurd. You're talking millions and millions of dollars that advertisers throw in just for even 30 seconds of a potential commercial. Um, it's something that some folks who are not even massive football fans tune in, to, uh, tune in for just for the commercials, just for the advertisements, because they go all out. I mean, you're looking at companies who go from the start of the year to right now. They've been planning for this moment. It's just an incredible experience here that it's unlike anything else. Like, I love NBA. I love basketball. I love baseball. But they don't have the same kind of cachet when it comes to NFL commercials, advertisement, like the Super Bowl really does. It's an interesting tradition um, in Super Bowl or uh, when it comes to the presentation of the trophy that you don't see in a lot of sport these days. Normally, in, uh, even in teams' events like Football World Cups, Rugby World Cups, etc., uh, the captain holds up the trophy. Uh, when it comes to the presentation of the Vince Lombardi, Vince Lombardi trophy, of course, one of the most famous in sport, it's not the players who get the honour, but rather it's the owner who lifts the trophy first. Uh, do you think that's ever likely to change? I would like to see it change. Um, you know, I, I've thought about this a lot. I Obviously, I've never been in the situation to, to hoist one of those personally right after they, they you win, but... I understand the owner to an extent because you're the one that has been there forever. You, you're the one that's in charge. Clark Hunt for Kansas City has been here for so long. He's well-respected by the players, by the GM, by everyone involved. I get it, but, you know, it makes sense to give it to the players. For example, Patrick Mahomes, the MVP of the season, if he were to win MVP of the Super Bowl – you think he would be the first one to hoist it. He's the guy that actually on the field got it done. I don't have a massive issue with it being the owner, but I would like to see it be the player in the Super Bowl MVP personally. Here's a uh, question that uh, is dear to my heart as a as a broadcaster and a bit of a commentator from time to time. Uh, Sterling, what about this deal that uh, Tom Brady has struck now? I mean, he was the, probably the wealthiest quarterback in sport. But to be fair, uh, he's got to be now the wealthiest, or going to be the wealthiest broadcaster in sport because of the deal that he's managed to cut. This is astonishing. Yeah, it, it's it's wild. Um, I don't want to say unfair, but it, it feels a little difficult when you've been a broadcaster, you've been working in this profession your whole life, and obviously, I'm no Tom Brady. I've never been there on the field. I've never hoisted the Lombardi. I've never won all these Super Bowls. I'm not saying even me personally, but when you've seen people who have worked their entire career and profession at one aspect that they do, and yet Tom Brady just retires and automatically becomes the highest paid or one of the highest paid broadcasters in any sport, you're sitting here going, well, come on, 
I don't know how fair that is, but at the same time, we're not Tom Brady. Who knows the game better than him? Uh, I don't have a major issue with it, but I do think there's a little bit of a, hey, hey, now, hold on. Let's see how he does first. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there's no apprenticeship for Tom when it comes to the microphone, and uh, it's all about the big, big bucks. Right, okay, let's just summarize then. In your forecast, it's going to go down to the wire. In your forecast, it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs, and you just kind of think that they'll hold their nerve a wee bit better because they've been there before, and the Eagles haven't struck or come up against a side of this quality just lit, just yet, yeah? Yeah, that, that's basically what it comes down to. They're both very evenly matched teams, the Eagles pass rush versus the Chiefs offensive line. But what it comes down to, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, they've been here before. They will keep their cool. I am not worried about that. Again, I also mentioned briefly the Harrison Bucker and the special teams of Kansas City. They have a slight edge. I think Harrison Bucker nails all of his kicks. Travis Kelsey He's going to be the brother coming out on top over Jason, 31-30. Okay, so uh, for Sterling Holmes, um, what happens uh, tomorrow? I mean, does the wheel keep turning for you in terms of um, um, what, what you're doing when the footy season comes to a halt? Yeah, it keeps going for a little bit. If the Chiefs win, it'll keep going for two weeks. If the Chiefs lose... Uh, you spend a day or two, and then you move on to baseball. You start getting into the groove, talking Kansas City Royals, maybe a little bit of NBA, uh, a few college basketball You know, teams locally around here will probably hit on as well. Uh, but I'm hoping for a win. A win means everyone's happy. Happy It means Kansas City's partying, celebrating. means the beer is flowing. I want to see a parade. Sterling Holmes, it's been an absolute pleasure talking uh, to you and listening to your thoughts on the game out of uh, ESPN Kansas City and of course the very well-known host of the home stretch all the best mate I hope uh, you have a great day it's everything you want it to be hey thank you so much really appreciate it thanks for having me yeah cheers uh, Sterling Holmes there uh, and uh, very excited man of course uh, devout Kansas City fan um, and uh, they're up against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles today the viewing audience is unparalleled uh, probably akin to Pakistan playing India at cricket in a very short game that they are absolutely massive audiences uh, we could only dream about, to be fair. Uh, and uh, we'll be seeing it here. It's uh, 10.22 on SCNZ. SCNZ. It's Kiwi for sport. Call anytime. 0800 150 811. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Uh, 10.27 and uh, most parts of New Zealand uh, from, uh, say, the middle of the North Island down are uh, okay at the moment, but uh, up in Auckland, of course, and north and uh, around Coromandel, etc., uh, things are tough. Things have been very tough for a, a week or two now, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, but we're going to get uh, an on-the-spot update now on what the weather's like in the Auckland CBD because our intrepid producer, Logan Swinkles, is out and about amongst it. Uh, tell us, Logan, what you're, you're feeling. Yeah, thanks, Smithy. Uh, literally standing out on the corner of the Strand in St George's where uh, the last time Auckland had all this kind of rain, it flooded very easily so you could look for a bit of surface flooding later on in the day at the moment there's just a few puddles outside I don't know if you can hear that 
Uh, but the mm. Auckland Harbour Bridge is currently open, but there are lane reductions and speed restrictions as well. They're also advising that high-sided vehicles and motorcycles should still consider using State Highway 1816 with strong wind gusts ongoing. And uh, in Coromandel as well, they're getting a bit of a hammering. There's been some road closures with State Highway 25 teams to Coromandel, compromised, fully closed in some sections. Coromandel to Kaitunu, fully closed in some sections as well, and Kaitunu to Firianga is closed. State Highway 25A, fully closed over the complete length. So make sure that you stay up to date uh, online, check your favorite news sources, uh, Weather Watch, Met Service to stay up to date with what's going on there. We'll keep you up to date as well. Hey Logan, uh, just before you come back inside, I just wonder, traffic levels, I mean, um, do you detect uh, a lot of people staying home here today in Auckland? I, yeah, I do. I think people have been uh, heeding the warnings uh, from officials to stay home, work from home, don't travel unless you need to. The roads have been pretty quiet when I was coming in this morning uh, at 8am. I would normally expect worse traffic at 6am when I normally come in. So mm. uh, it is looking pretty good down here in Parnell. I can see some sides of the road, there's a little bit of surface flooding, not too much, it's just on the sides there, but just uh, make sure you stay safe if you are travelling. Okay, Logan, you better get inside, uh, jog down the street and come inside because uh, we need you to host uh, a very important occasion now because uh, whilst Super Bowl's on, we have to change our hours a wee bit. Doesn't mean to say we haven't got time to stump Smithy today. And it's worth $150, folks, $150. So uh, get on the phone, 0800-150-811. 0800-150-811. Would dearly love to give you 150 bucks. You might want to look, put a little bit on the Kansas City Chiefs or the Philly Eagles. Uh, it's a Super Bowl bet. That's up to you. But if you're successful, it'll be your choice and it'll be your money. 0800-150-811. We'll be back shortly. Vodafone has one awesome summer of sport lined up for you. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Yes, it's time to play Stumped here on SNZ Mornings with Ian Smith. $150 TAB bonus bet after grass Of course, Smithy did jackpot it with another big stumping on Friday, didn't you, mate? It was You've been bloody awesome lately, to be fair. Yeah. You're all, you've been on a heater. Form, yeah, New Year form's been better, no doubt about it. Um, I gave myself a jolly good talking to over summer and thought, oh, you've got to be better. So I started reading more books and taking more notice of scores and things. Not. Uh, anyway, we'll just <laughs> wait and see um, how we plan, how it plays out today because uh, I can't think of any better day than Super Bowl day to jackpot it up to 200. Whoa. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, first of the crease, we've got Brad from Dunedin. Come in, mate. Yeah, fellas, how are we? Uh, Brad, we're pretty damn good. Uh, any interest at all in Super Bowl, no? Uh, well, I'll be listening to it um, on ECNZ, of course. But, um, yeah. Yep. Uh, Jared Waitley. Jared Jared, yeah, Eagles, I think a lot of people's uh, choice. Jared Waitley uh, will be uh, bringing the call to us, uh, courtesy of SEN in Australia. He's over there with Ben Graham, and they'll do a great job... Um, outlining uh, the uh, the atmosphere and uh, what's going on over there at this point. So um, I'm not quite sure of the subjects that are. I'm not privy to those. Uh, so for for Brad, uh, what have we got there, Logan? Uh, the topics to choose from today, Formula One, the Warriors, the one New Zealand Warriors, and the Super Bowl. Take your pick, Brad. Oh, 
I was hoping the Easter Cup was still on there, but uh, we'll go to the Warriors, eh? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they got taken on Friday, and that's why Smithy won. Good luck. Yeah. All right, first question. See if you've been paying attention to the trial match. Who captained the Warriors in this year's first preseason NRL trial against the Tigers? Oh, yeah. Um, I've actually got no idea. Um, does Smithy know, though? <laughs> mm, he's um, thinking. Oh, oh, what's his name? Um, we'll just go to Laurie Martin. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Smithy, you've, you've had a little moment there to think about who it might be. Do you have an answer? Well, I'm sitting here, hands in pockets. I know the captain uh, for the season is Tohu Harris. Uh, they haven't uh, changed from that. Don't think he was involved in the playoff lineups that I saw early on in the piece. So, um, no, I've... Um, I've got um, absolutely no idea. Um, I'll just say out of the top of my head, Bunty R4. That's not got the chips down in the get. Really? Really? Oh, it's just sitting here. Was oh, it? I didn't even know if he was playing. <laughs> I didn't even know if he was playing. Unbelievable. Oh, yep. gold. The man with the that's hair, gold. Bunty R4. Wow, Smithy. Oh, I'm sorry, Brad. <laughs> You're gone, mate. Wow. That, yeah. I had no idea. No absolute idea. I just knew that um, that was one name I knew had been... Um, he's re-signed in the mix. I suppose if you're sentimentally going to give it to a bloke, he is a bit of a guy you'd follow. So, Monty F4, right? <laughs> nice, mate. All right, well, back to the, to the uh, pavilion for Brad. Summon from Auckland. Come in, mate. You, you nice and dry? Yes, try to do, mate. Try to stay dry. Right, how are you with your Warriors? Yeah, like my league. Yeah, not too bad. Okay, second question for you. $150 TAB bonus bet up for grabs here today. With Sean Johnson rested in that first trial match against the Tigers, who started in the number seven jersey? Um, yeah, this uh, one I think yeah. I do know. So you, you better be good here because I think I do know this one. I think he had a cracking game, just by the by. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I've got tossing between two. Um, pretty sure it was Tamari, Martin. That's a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Yeah, Tamari Martin, heck of a game in the number seven jersey, Smithy, and I know that you had that name ready to go. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, there, I mean, the, har- the harvest pairing was great with Luke Metcalf, so um, that was one of the, I think, the big pluses that. Andrew Webster got out of that game was uh, he knew he had a combination there, a new one that went pretty well. So uh, well done, uh, Simon. You just have to knock this one over and you're 150 bucks better off. Good luck, my man. Yeah, exciting to see some depth in the the halves there. Last question for you, Simon. How many tries did Marcelo Montoya score? He got a hat-trick. That's a couple of chips down the wicket. Right in the slot and away it goes. Oh, Simon, well done on Super Bowl Monday, coming away with the victory on Stumped. Nice work, mate. Cheers there, mate. Lucky I watched the game. <laughs> hey, Simon, uh, it's great that they're showing the playoff, uh, you know, the, the, the warm-up games. Absolutely brilliant. Just shows yeah. the level of interest in the NRL each year. Um, it always starts strong. It always starts strong. So that's a, a great sign. Um, just as yeah, a matter of interest, are uh, you... Uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's quite incredible for warm-up fo- footy with uh, no real meaning at the end of the, the scoreline. Uh, Simon, you've got, a, you've got a, an NFL team today. Any choice between the Chiefs and the Eagles? Yeah, it's a tough one to, really tough one to split, eh? But I, I, I just lean towards Philly, but I know Kansas has got the sort of bit more experience. But, yeah, I like the, um, yeah, I just like the look of Philly this year. I think they deserve to win it. But, yeah, it's a tough one to pick, for sure. No, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, um, you got it right anyway uh, in terms of uh, Stump Smithy today. So congratulations, mate. 150 bucks. Stay on the line. Brian will just confirm he's got everything uh, hunky-dory for you so we can get that money to you as, uh, as soon as we possibly can. Great start to the week. Uh, stay dry, mate. Stay safe. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Smithy. Thanks, mate. Yeah, cheers. Uh, Simon from Auckland there, who is our first up winner here on Super Bowl Day. It is 10.39. Uh, not far away from heading to the live action at 11 o'clock. The SENZ app. Download it today and never miss a moment of your favourite show. Streaming live anywhere, anytime. anytime. Brand are experts in agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Turn up the volume, we're crossing live to the sports desk. What's fresh? What's making waves? Let's find out. Well, a hot new jingle taking us across to the sports desk. Uh, I didn't even hear that myself, so uh, that was a surprise. Uh, Just uh, before we get to the sports desk, which today will be dominated by the uh, Super Bowl, can I just give you a PGA update? The the Phoenix Open is uh, really coming towards its closing stages. The leaders are playing the 14th hole now. Scotty Scheffler is uh, 18 under. Uh, Nick Taylor from Canada, 17 under. John Rahm is 15 under, so... Unlikely that Ram will be able to run them down from there, so it looks like it's a, a Taylor Scheffler show to draw out the uh, close of one of the big tournaments that's not a major, uh, $20 million worth in Phoenix uh, this uh, Sunday afternoon and over at there, uh, our time. And uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, our time over there, uh, of course, as well as um, Super Bowl. It's Sunday afternoon, so uh, let's get across to uh, that sports desk, and uh, Logan Swinkles is there with. All the updates on the surrounds around the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Phoenix Open may not be a major, but it's pretty exciting. Uh, just waiting for that 16th hole to come up, the party hole. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch real shortly. If you're not tuning in for that already, Super Bowl, Smithy, just brings with it so much, so much more than just the game. You've got an entire week of media. So I've sort of I've done the rounds on YouTube, had a look at all the best bits. And one of my favorite things about the Super Bowl, if you haven't already realized, is the story around the Kelsey brothers, Travis and Jason. There was a documentary about them a couple of years ago on ESPN that really told the story there and how much Jason helped out Travis when he was down on his luck. He got kicked off the uh, football team there at the University of Cincinnati, and he's found his way to now be a likely first ballot Hall of Famer tight end, one of the best to ever play. But Smithy, they have a podcast together, the Kelsey brothers. Uh, It's really, it's quite entertaining. New Heights, and the special guest this week, Mum and Dad. Who are you talking to first after the game? The winner or the loser? Uh, probably the loser. You have any reason for that, or somebody's going to feel pretty crummy? Yeah, and I want to, and I want to be with them initially. 
I will be on the field for you, Travis. Uh, Jason will have his family on the field, so no, I won't be on the field for Jason. Mm. Is that why you're rooting for Travis? Mm. I didn't say Should've that. Should have got her credentials, oh! Jason. I can Should have got her credentials. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and I love when uh, the dad said, yeah, someone's going to feel pretty crummy straight away. Jason just went, yep. It's almost like he thinks maybe he's going to be the brother feeling that loss. Uh, But mum Donna Kelsey Smithy has been doing the rounds as well. Uh, This was her on Fox Sports. Talk to me about this, about this moment, being here, watching your boys on both sides. Do you have a plan or or do you have a plan for the guy that wins? And what kind of plan do you have for the guy that comes up a little short? Well, the plan is is to scream really loud every time somebody has a ball. <laughs> every time somebody has the ball. Because both of the boys are on offense. That's all you know, and that's all you care. Mom, how, 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 how has this experience been, though, to see both of your boys here? You know they worked so hard. <laughs> it's just amazing that they've been able to both get to this point in their careers and to both enjoy this Super Bowl together. It's just amazing. Smithy, uh, you're a parent with uh, at least one athletic son. How would you go in that kind of situation yourself? If you had one son playing on one team and one against the other, where would your allegiances lie? Oh, I thought you'd be split, wouldn't you? You just keep an open mind and try to be the best possible parent that you could. I, I imagine you might have an allegiance to one team or the other, but uh, unless you had a real hard case family where that tradition has been going for a long period of time, whether you know you've just been a Travis way the way through because Travis is your your Kansas City boy and um you know I just want Kansas City to win even if Travis wasn't playing you know that kind of I would be thinking to myself you know uh, you could have it that way but as a parent as a parent you have to stand and stay very balanced about the whole thing and um I, I would imagine that's the way they're going to be they're going to be at the end of the day they know that um, they don't have to like uh, some sporting parents and some other parents in life I, I guess they know that their sons have got their mortgage covered. And they don't have to worry about. They don't have to worry about divvying up, etc. From time to time. <laughs> no, that is that is a very good point. And another awesome thing with Super Bowl uh, Media Week is this is when all the NFL legends come out to play as well. One who is now making a name for himself as a coach, but of course. Uh, better known for being a Hall of Famer player himself is Dion Sanders. They know him as primetime. And I tell you what, Smithy, the ladies, they still love him. All right, Deion Sanders here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. What, when, when was the first time you touched the Lombardi? In 94. <laughs> you see that Florida came at me then? <laughs> oh, no, 94. I'm sorry, I'm a head coach then. 94. <laughs> <laughs> CEO coach Deion Sanders. <laughs> the Fort Myers popped out. Hey, that's the best thing about everybody know I'm going to be who I am. So when I sit in front of the mothers, you know, they looking for pride. You know, sometimes I forget <laughs> that the mothers, they like, mm, I thought Prime was coming. That's said, oh, baby, let me go get it. And I come back in, hey, what's up? <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love what we do. Oh, Smithy, that is the best. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he doesn't take himself too seriously there. Well, I thought those days uh, were sort of gone, Uh, you know, with the characters and just talking the way you talk. I am who I am. You've got to be so careful these days, uh, the way people view uh, things that you say, but uh, he ain't changing. Oh, prime time, he ain't changing. No, and, uh, of course, the big question everyone would want to know, who does uh, Deion Sanders think is going to win the Super Bowl? 
Did this complete anything for you? Do you think? No, no. Okay. no it it, it uh, it's a wonderful team award, which that's what you play the game for. Mm-hmm. But you want to you you want another one. Then you got to find something else to challenge you. All men, we love challenges. That's what makes us men. That's what makes us who we are. Right. We love challenges. So who wins it this time? Do you think? Uh, Philly's gonna win. Why? It's I, I, another one. I don't like what I saw offensively from KC um, with the injuries and the lack of true playmakers. They just got to find a way to stop Kelsey. Kelsey is one of the best ever. He'll go down in history as probably the best ever. Why does he get open so much? Right. You got to find because who, who's built to stop that? Linebacker can't run with him. Mm-hmm. DB is not strong enough. So who's built to stop that? It's not a man built for that. Right. And he has it. He has it all. And then he has a quarterback with maneuverability that can get in the ball. And they have a, a, a relationship that's unbelievable that transcends on the field, off the field. is unbelievable. Right. This may be the best combination ever in the tight end and the quarterback. So if they just deal with that, and I feel like they can, it's going to be hard for KC. Although I feel like I'm alone here, Smithy, in picking the Philadelphia Eagles to win. Because I know Brian is all in on the Chiefs, and you are as well, Humulti. Yeah, I'm on the Chiefs, uh, on the uh, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes factor. Big time, big sport, been there, know how to win it. Um, if it's as tight as um, as Sterling said it's going to be, a one-point game, I think they'll come out on the right side of it. I don't see I don't see Butka letting them down uh, if it comes to a you know a field goal. I see Butka's um, an unbelievable uh, place kicker. Um, I just think, having been there, done it, the old saying, you have to know how to... You have to have lost one to know how to win one. That might be the case. That might just be the case uh, for Jalen Hurts.